Hello, viewers, and welcome back. Uh, I am joined by the chaps from uh, the MCU Corner to Corner podcast. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself, guys? Yeah. Hi, Mike. Yeah. I, I'm Paul. I, I just thought I'd get in there because I could see Jeff's lips about to move, so I thought I'd just dive in pretty quick. But yes, <laughs> thanks for having us on here, mate. It's, uh, it's going to no be good worries. fun. Uh, hi. Uh, good evening, everyone. I'm Jeff, um, and I'm the other half of the uh, MCU Corner to Corner podcast. Yes, a uh, little bit of a podcast crossover symmetry here, so we're yeah. going to be supporting each other. But as I mentioned, uh, if you did listen to last week's episode, didn't want to step on any toes, so I didn't want to pick an MCU movie. But um, I thought, you know, Marvel's still in our wheelhouse, so I think it was basically me and Paul that decided on Spider-Man 2, um, <laughs> and Jeff kind of was forced to come along with it. But I thought, it's why not? So, well, it's very on brand for for both of us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh what was your just initial sort of spoiler-free-ish thoughts then on Spider-Man 2? Was it the first time you'd watched it, or have you seen it before? Ooh, well, I, I, I had seen it before, because I, I, I saw both of these two films, one and two, at the pitches. I didn't see number three until I got it all on DVD years later, but uh, but I was there. And, and it's actually one of the very few Marvel films or superhero films of any description that my wife has actually joined me to see and enjoyed both of those things at the same time. Nice. Oh. That's, that's the double dream win, isn't it, there? You didn't expect that one, did you? <laughs> no. <huh? laughs> And uh, what about you, Jeff? Have you seen it before uh, this all? Yes, I, I have. Yeah, I saw, like Paul, um, I saw them in the cinema and, and the third one as well. Uh, not on IMAX uh, back then. Um, <laughs> um, and I've seen them a few times uh, at home as well um, over the years. But um, when I watched Spider-Man 2, I was trying to think how long it had been since I last saw it. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a long time. Uh, wow. it, it's got to be twelve. Well, yeah, easily twelve years or more. I.e., it predates the MCU uh, yeah. for um, for for reasons I will possibly go into later. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Uh, uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> when did you last like watch it? What's that? When, when yeah. did I last watch it? Oh god, I mean, yeah, it was years ago because I did have it on DVD. I, I, I bought um, I bought them individually when they were released after the after the films were, were out, yeah. and then they and then Amazon did like a special three pack Blu-ray, one, two, and three. I, I don't know. It must have been two thousand. I tell you when it was. It was when whenever Andrew the Andrew Garfield films were out because the trailer in the Blu-rays is for the Andrew Garfield movie, ah, which right. is bizarre. So whatever year that came out was the last time I'd seen it because I literally bought the Blu-rays and then I watched one, two, three back to back and I have never touched them since. No. 2012, I think. So that was yeah. almost 10 years ago. Yeah. How about you, Mike? <laughs> I'm kind of the annoying fanboy when it comes to Spider-Man. I love this movie. So I'm yeah. the um, I'm the kind of dork that's got multiple versions of it. Who is like, <laughs> I'm the dream consumer for whenever they release something with one slight additional <laughs> thing and then I've got to get a new version. So it. I've got like um, the DVD gift box that came with a little mini comic and art of the movie book and stuff. 
and then I got the regular Blu-ray. Then I got Blu-ray of Spider-Man 2.1, which is like eight additional scenes they chucked in. <laughs> uh, and then now, the one that I watched for the first time for this review is the ultimate sort of Spider-Man box set of the first five. So it's this trilogy and the two Andrew Garfields, but they've also chucked on a few new extras and Spider-Man 3 editors cut and stuff. So I own this film about 20 times. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's a bit like Avatar for me. I, I bought it when it came out as a as one disc. Then I bought the uh, three disc Blu-ray set. Then I bought the 3D Blu-ray release. And then I'll inevitably buy the 4K release yeah. when that comes out as well. And, and like you might, you know, if they go, there's a new 30 minute documentary on here. I'll be like, yeah, I'll buy that. <laughs> I wasn't going to buy the new set, but I'd never seen the Spider Man 3 editor's cut and I just wanted to get it. And the box set was so cheap, it was only like 20 quid for five movies. I was yeah. like, oh, go on then. I'll fork out you again. There's to. a couple of extras. You've got so. to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so anyway, if there's. Uh, We'll just probably jump into the film if there's uh, there's nothing else really to add. I don't think about that. So uh, just uh, beginning with uh, the uh, the opening scene, which I think is probably what my favourite opening scene in superhero cinema because it has Alex Ross art that recaps the first movie, <laughs> which I absolutely adore. Mm. Um, and I think Danny Elfman's music is fantastic. <gasps> I think his, uh, yeah. his yeah. theme over this is probably again one of my favourite, if not my favourite, superhero stuff. Maybe a con uh, contender along with his Batman theme. Um, yeah, yeah. Danny Elfman is overlooked for doing iconic superhero themes, I think. Um, but yeah, I like it, that it's, uh, it's got a little handy recap of the first movie, but it does it in such a way as it's not just like last time on Spider Man and clips yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it does look really nice, doesn't it? It's um, often these films have, um, you know, end, end credit kind of title sequences like that, don't they? That are, mm. you know, an animated piece or whatever. And and they're often really really nicely done, and and these uh, this this one on Spidey Two was was great. Yeah, like you said, the artwork on it and the kind of comic style to it, and and you know all the different kind of layers and movement and everything to it looked great. Awesome. Yeah, it is quite nice actually, and, and and like you said, Mike as well. Uh, the, the fact it kind of recaps the first film. I was thinking when I saw it because what I did actually, I watched the first half an hour or so of Spider Man One, just kind of get my head into the zone, the zone, and then and then I went straight into Spider Man Two. And it occurred to me that actually they're pretty much the same. I suppose there are some little differences, I, I guess, because it's got the comic panels in between the webbing as it, as it kind of goes on. But it, it struck me as being a little bit like Superman 2, you know, when Superman 2 starts and then you get the whole recap of the first film as it goes through. That was an amazing thing that I noticed. Capital yeah. Letters in, in all of that. Not the last time the, this film will be compared to Superman 2 later, I'm sure, oh, as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. a couple of things later to bring up. Um, <laughs> I made notes on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> one quick side note as well. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but this Go film on. is written by the same guys who created Smallville, um, Alfred Goff and Miles Miller. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. That, yeah, there's a huge amount of... I've got it I've got it on my phone. Oh, man, yeah, we got some fun <laughs> for talking about this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I've I've been a big fan of Smallville for a while, even when they left, and everyone yeah. says it went sort of downhill because I'm a big Superman. Well, um, Superman and Spider Man are my guys, so uh, I appreciate that. And I, I mean, they didn't write it on their own. I think Alvin Sargent's credited as well. But when I I keep forgetting that they are responsible for this, and I'm like, you know what? They they're good writers. We should give them some credit. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. They, well, they, they've done other stuff, haven't they? Because I, I looked it all up as well, um, and I thought I recognise their names. I can't think what they've done recently, but something else quite big, I think. Um, and also, I wanted to say about Danny Elfman, isn't he doing the music for Doctor Strange? 
yeah, he always works with Sam Raimi, so yeah, he's yeah. doing the, the music for that one as well. Because obviously Sam Raimi's directing that one, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be it should be huge. I'm I'm so excited. The combination of the fact that it's kind of a sequel to all these one divisions yeah. and everything, yeah. coupled with the fact that it's Sam Raimi doing crazy magic stuff, <laughs> you know? yeah. that should be huge. But uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll hear you guys review it when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We'll be there. Yeah. We'll be there. So, uh, moving past the credits, anyway, um, I love the the little Peter Parker narrating in these movies, particularly at the start and the end. Um, I, I think it's well written and memorable, and I can I can pretty much quote from memory the opening uh, monologues, I guess, that Peter has in both of these. <laughs> um, I like that it gives him a bit of a rich inner life and some actual depth, yeah, and it yeah. shows that he's he's unlucky, but he's not an imbecile, uh, and his mm -hmm. life is actually taken seriously, which allows the humor to be more natural and effective. That's just me having a dig at Spider-Man Homecoming. So just, <laughs> <laughs> just take it over. <laughs> uh, so did, where, would you guys agree with me on that one or completely Go on, Jeff. Um, uh No. Uh, I was I just, just going to drop it now. Uh, I really enjoyed this film and I, and I and I did and I do really like it. I think it, it has a lot of excellent stuff in it um, and it, it was the ultimate Spider-Man film and then they cast Tom Holland and I realised how Peter Parker and Spider-Man should be presented on screen to be as true to the comic as possible. Fair enough. I can see a lot of people that, that, that would agree with you on that and I do, I kind of see the kind of, certainly the quippiness of Spider-Man that's never entirely been there before yeah Garfield. yes Andrew Garfield tried but yeah, yeah it, it um is sort of getting off uh, track a little bit here but um uh, Maguire was really good but I I always kind of like I'm not I'm not putting him down at all and saying I didn't enjoy it but I always felt a little bit like was he too old for the part do you know what I mean yeah a little, little bit kind of confusing in that way whereas Andrew Garfield you know he he was also good but I think he was trying too hard to be cool, which wasn't quite right for, for the character. Like you said, Mike, you know, Peter is unlucky. It's the Parker luck, isn't it? But he's, yeah. he's not stupid, far from it. But, you know, just, you know, rubbish in, in life kind of gets in his way a bit. And, um, you know, he, he, I uh, I felt that um, the, the homecoming and far from home uh, rendition of spidey and, and peter was spot on um, awesome. and, and and i love them Fair enough. <laughs> uh, i just i love far from home it's just there's moments in homecoming where i think peter's just a little bit too like i said he just comes off as a bit of an imbecile they kind of forget that he's super intelligent and shouldn't be asking tony stark to make stuff for him you know um but that's neither here nor there that's not a, not the movie we're discussing but yeah i do really like uh, i think toby Maguire's is probably still my favorite peter parker he, he does miss the beat, I think, of some of the quippiness of Spider-Man in the comics, especially. Yeah, um, there, there was one bit in the um, in the bank where where he's fighting Doc Ock, and he, he he does make a gag there about the change or something, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I thought, yeah. oh, that's good because in my head I thought he's not quippy enough. So when that happened, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, there is a bit of it. But but when you read the comics, you know, people are always like, shut up. Yeah. Spidey, stop yeah. making jokes, and you know that's like yeah. his thing, isn't it? You know, I, I still think uh, the the superior version of Spider-Man for me, the absolutely iconic one, was the first one I remember being exposed to, which is the 1994 Fox Kids cartoon. Um, that just gets it perfect, all whipping, all the 
kind of Parker being unlucky, but not, you know, not dumb and he's smart enough to do it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. But I don't think I've seen that. No, no. Which, which one's that, Mike? Because I watch a couple of them with, with my boy here. Um, so some of it's on Disney Plus at the moment. And we've yeah. got um, a couple of DVDs of... Um, of, of one and and the um illustration style and it's kind of quite angular and i think i think peter's got he's got a mole on his face in it maybe and um which is sounds, uh, yeah it sounds like that might be one of the other like the spectacular spider-man yeah, it, yeah that's it it's spectacular which is, yeah which is brilliant in its own way don't get me wrong but because i grew up with the 94 uh we ran for like five years and i remember watching it on like saturday morning tv and stuff i'm yeah. uh, i'm 38 years old so i'm pretty ancient so that's probably <laughs> something that most people don't really know well, about. But, you, yeah. you've, just made up, us, you've just made us both <laughs> feel young there, so we're in. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were saying in our uh, Homecoming podcast that, um, well, I mean, I, I was talking about the, the, the Spider-Man who's watched around my friend's house in the 70s. Late 70s, I'll be honest with you. And <laughs> Spider-Man in film version back in those days was, um, was he, what's his name, Hammond? Um, Nicholas Hammond, yeah. Nicholas yeah, yeah. Hammond, yeah, there you go. And I, I remember <laughs> me and my friend, we were so excited when when that, what was it, 90-minute film came out yeah. and, and it was shown on ITV. We literally, it was we were counting down the days, the hours, the minutes, the seconds until it came on and we loved every second of it. It's pretty rubbish. I've never seen it since then, but it's probably rubbish. It's but, really um, bad if you watch it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but it's a bit like, probably I haven't seen it, but, you know, Doctor Who from, from back in, in the day at the time, it, it was good, wasn't it? You know, it was as good as it could be. Choose with, your next words very carefully. You know, <laughs> production limits and things, but it's about the story and the enjoyment of it. You know, always about the story. Yeah, yeah. Completely, uh, and I think that's that's something that this film does to bring it back. I think yeah, the story, the story yeah. is as important as the action, which isn't yeah. to say the action isn't fantastic as well. Oh, but... Yeah, <laughs> this is you know, there's no denying that this is one of one of the best you know comic films and um you know i think you're right mike you know the action in it is is brilliant that's you know, awesome Ramey, yeah ramey has got a really unique style um and and it works really well for it but yeah. also there's a lot of character stuff in it as well and yeah. which again you know paul and i've talked about on the podcast that you know it's great seeing stuff blowing up and people fighting and blah 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 but you you come back to this stuff because of the characters and and you know <laughs> this film doesn't forget about that side of it absolutely um yeah i'll get to that as well yeah certainly but uh because i think it's very important but yeah so as um i'm uh, sorry i'm just gonna um i just want to cut in there paul it sounds like mike has uh structured this podcast it does isn't it yeah. <laughs> i try <laughs> but, but, <laughs> normally i tend to get, well we're experimenting with different things so on the last review that i hosted i tried to do it as like We'll talk about the writing and the direction and then but that just doesn't work because you inevitably end up discussing the end of the movie straight away and then yeah. your mind goes over. So I've been reprimanded for that, haven't I, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> we both have. We've reprimanded yeah. each other. We, we don't have a structure. <laughs> <laughs> we're still getting used to it though, I think all of us, aren't we? So well, yeah. we'll, we'll be fine. I've enjoyed your you guys' podcast. I'm sure you've enjoyed ours. So. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, sweet, awesome. Uh yeah, I like that um as I was talking about like Peter having natural problems and stuff about you know having to deliver these pizzas um yeah. i do Jimmy's i don't think pizza, it's uh... <laughs> which is on bleaker street it's oh, i was so surprised it's actually a real pizza place isn't it, is it? <laughs> yeah it's it, it joe's pizza in bleaker street actually really properly exists 
So and that's just down the road from where Doctor Strange lives, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Because I thought when I saw it on his helmet, like two three three Beaker Street, Joe's Pizza, I thought, I wonder if it's related to Doctor Strange. So I went straight on Google, I you know, just put in like Bleaker Street. So I couldn't remember the um, the address that Doctor Strange lived at or yeah. where the, the, the sanctum was. But I thought if it's two three three, that is an amazing coincidence. Or they've written it into you know, but then 233 Baker's Bleaker Street comes up with Joe's Pizza. So then I thought, well, somebody's put in a fake web address or something. But no, it's a real, real pizza shop called Joe's Pizza in Greenwich Village in New York on Bleaker Street. That's brilliant. It's amazing. And then you look at all the comments, and there's comments there saying, uh, does Spider Man still work there? And there's Peter Parker. Why yeah, they're probably sick of that. All that stuff. Brilliant. <laughs> Sorry, that went right off topic there. Didn't no, it? that's I cool because I think that's. I didn't know that. that. That's brilliant. It's a fun, fun. Wait, wait, wait. Just hold on, Mike. I think we've uh, just reached something which is quite monumental here. Um, I have come up with something which Jeff doesn't know. I'm amazed within the Marvel universe of stuff, you know. It's uh, I'm gonna I'm just gonna put that one on my wall. <laughs> just take it off, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think uh, you see it's a bit of a side thing, but I think gone. it is all uh, it is all related because I mean the likes of Stanley and stuff used to always say, you know, that these are set in the real New York. These stories they're not like fictional places like metropolis or gotham it's new york city it's yeah. the city you know outside of your window if you're an american i guess and uh i think that level of reality i think just brings it down to earth and grounds the kind of swinging around the city kind of stuff so yeah. uh completely but i do think as i say in that scene as we kind of get him racing to try and deliver the pizzas i do think it's important that we are shown spider-man saving people yeah. straight away as well um they didn't need to put that scene in but the fact that it's there i think says a lot that he still tries to be the hero he saves the little kids and you get that little bit of humor and uh you know as as he actually arrives at his destination you get some quality <laughs> a little bit of slapstick because uh, it's not yeah, spider-man the, the, the brooms in the cupboard yeah completely, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good at that. sam really knows this kind of stuff he could do it in his sleep he's grown up yeah, on these kind totally. of three stooges yeah. and stuff and uh you can completely see that but uh one thing I did uh, note throughout this as well is how many surprising kind of big celebrity cameos there are of people. That's, that, well, that's, that's Emily Duchanel there, isn't it? Yeah, Emily. I was just going to say that was the first. <laughs> yeah, she went on to do Bones for ten or eleven years or something, and you know it was quite a successful show, wasn't it? Yeah, huge. But she's also the sister of uh, Zoe Deschanel, which is mm. why why I'm uh, aware of her because Zoe Deschanel's gorgeous. But you know, <laughs> never mind that. But no, I just uh, that's one of the first things because I've been noting kind of the cameos as I was going along as well, and I yeah. thought Emily Deschanel is huge now, but probably just a random actress they got in in 2004. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, anyway, so then uh, we go on to the the whole Daily Bugle stuff. Uh, what can you say about this other than oh, it's absolutely oh, pitch perfect? I love it. It's <laughs> so good. It, it, it's um, just, just everything you kind of ever pictured, literally, yeah. of, of absolutely Jonah in the comics. Yeah. You know, he just explodes off the comic, doesn't he? He just, just yeah. comes to life right there on screen, exactly how, how, you, how he is in the comics. It's brilliant. Yeah, I think it's quite telling that they've never attempted to do this since in the other two yeah. versions. Yeah. We've never seen the Daily Bugle and when they did bring back J. Jonah Jameson, they just made it J.K. Simmons again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, no one's going to do it better. <laughs> do you think that that uh, little cameo at the end of Far From Home is just the MCU's uh, Jonah or do you think it's going to end up being uh, a multiverse Jonah? Uh, I think that's the MCU's version, but I wouldn't be surprised if you do see the flat top version from this yeah. movie at some point in the coming movies as well. Yeah, 
yeah, certainly whatever they do, I hope he, he's in it more because it was so cool seeing him appear there again. And um, yeah, he just, it's a great performance, isn't it? He's, he's chewing the scenery. He's clearly enjoying it. And, and all those bits are really nicely timed and, and directed and, and performed. You know, there's like, yeah. it, you know, the, the way he's, you're, you're, you're fired, you're unfired. And, and then yeah. people walk into the room and he turns around fires off a line at them and then the next person walks in do you know what i mean it's all choreographed brilliantly yeah. it's, it's it, so good it's entirely yeah just that screwball comedy and it's great yeah. and that's where you get the kind of spider-man humor i think that yeah. the character isn't necessarily giving you the jokes but you've got scenes like this which bring you the humor in the movie and like you say jk simmons is pitch perfect but i also thought um his uh, sam raimi's brother ted has kind of the put upon guy uh, is brilliant as well the guy who's like uh comes up with the name later on in the movie and he's like i don't i thought that was um hank azaria a young <laughs> hank he looks like him yeah fair enough uh no it's uh ted Rimmy. he's always he always has yeah. some kind of role in sam's movies well, like, like his various yeah, there's various zombies and Evil Dead and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I just thought he's good. And I like that um, in terms of the character of Spider-Man, I like that Robbie Robertson, even though he doesn't have a huge role, they remember that he's kind of on Spider-Man's side in the comics. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they keep that as part of the movie, which was it was one of the things that stuck out to me the first time I watched it, because I was like, you know, the, the people have obviously read the comic and get them. Yeah. And, and Betty, you know, that they've got Betty Brandt here, haven't they? Yeah. Elizabeth yeah. Banks as well, man, before oh, she yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching, I thought, who is that? I couldn't picture it, but yeah, you've yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, just Elizabeth Banks had a black uh, bob oh, wig. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it changes uh, uh, enough, doesn't it, to to your like I kind of know who that is, but I can't. I can't think. I just yeah. can't quite. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I with, uh, <laughs> I'm with you guys though. That it's a nice touch because obviously Betty Brant, Peter's first love in the comics, and she's yeah. still kind of sweet to him and uh, yeah, on his side as well. But uh, I thought that was all cool. But yeah, you guys obviously. Yeah. <laughs> obviously you read the comics well. at the moment, Mike? Hmm? Do you read the comics at the moment? Not at the moment. I haven't for a few years. I used to right. like religiously, but it's just it just got too much to keep up with. Especially yeah, yeah. when yeah. I, when I dropped off the Spider Man's was when they went to one a week because uh, it was yes. just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I th I think I think Betty just came back in it oh. recently. Not fair. There hasn't been an issue for a couple of weeks now, so I can't I can't remember. But yeah, there you go. There's there's a reason to reinvest, Mike. Yeah, and and also it, I, I would say that uh, the uh, kindred villain that they've been doing over the last couple of years has been excellent, and um, it, it was quite a shocker the reveal on it. It was really good. It's it's been great for the last couple of years. Nice, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll look into that. I tend to get um, graphic novels when they're out now, collected or yeah, uh, look, look for sales and stuff if I'm going to get comics. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's good to hear. Anyway, um, yeah, we we head into. Uh, the university where we meet Doc Connors yeah. the second time in these movies, uh, which I'm sure you guys agree with me. Dylan Baker, just completely done dirty. He was set up to be playing the lizard in these movies for three movies, and then he just misses out, and the lizard yeah. made Amazing Spider-Man, and it's freaking Reese fans, and he didn't get the chance to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when I, I forgot that he, he had that cameo, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, and it never never paid off, like you said, and then, of course, they did it in Amazing Spider-Man, and it was yeah. a, a bit lame. It, it, he never yeah. looked like he should have done, you know, like, I'm not one of those fans who's like, well, he, he must wear his lab coat, or it's not right, but <laughs> yeah. he, he needed to look like more than just a Kind of Goomba 
you know, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Super Mario. It's really <laughs> embarrassing, actually, yeah. But no, I mean, uh, Dylan Baker was in all three of these movies, and he was clearly being set up. I mean, he's he's got the having to kind of keep one arm hidden to show that he's, yeah. the, he's the actual character with the missing arm and that. And I remember just watching these at the time, thinking he's setting this up. He's going to do Lizard, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. just got in that he never got the chance. But uh, hey, I mean, Billy D. Williams got to play Two Face eventually in a Lego movie, so you never know somewhere yeah. down the line. <laughs> Uh, I love that the uh, the plot at this point starts interweaving the characters in a in a more organic way. So you mentioned that Peter's kind of failing at school because of the Spider Man stuff, but he's going to do a paper on Otto Octavius, mm. uh, which links them together. And then it turns out that he's linked to Harry through Oscorp because they're funding yeah. the experiments. Yeah. Um, which you know could seem trite, but I think it actually brings all the story threads together quite it, easily. It is. I, I think you, you need something, don't you? Because otherwise it, it's either a string of incredible um, uh, consequent, uh, not consequences. Coincidences. Uh, coincidences. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Well done. It's yeah. either a string of incredible coincidences or just nothing makes sense. There's no reason at all. But do you know what? It's like we've just got to get to that part, just get it, you know, move through the story, go, go bang, bang, bang. So it is a little bit of a coincidence, the fact that Doc Ock just happens to be a mate of Harry's and he's supplying him with a tritium and, and all that sort of thing. But do you know what? It just works. So my, my, my opinion with a lot of these things is just go with it. It's a comic yeah. book story and that's what comic books do they got to tell the story in as few words as possible just get yeah. to it and make it as exciting yeah, it, it, and engaging as possible you you're right paul it, it's yeah it, it is a little bit you know kind of manufactured in a way i suppose but it never feels it and it always like you said might feels organic and uh you you could look at it and you know like with anything if you really wanted to and just pull it apart and find holes and you know, issues in everything but what's the point it's more fun to just go with it because it it works yeah, I think it works because this comes from actual character. It makes, I mean, it, there's logic to it. Obviously, there is. Peter as a scientist would, you know, be studying yeah. Rock and, you know, Harry is in charge of Oscorp now that Norman's dead. So that yeah. it's, it's, there's logic to it. And yeah. I think it helps that it's not really just a smooth transition because of Harry being kind of a bit edgy toward Peter for one mm. of a better word as well. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to set you up because we're best friends and everything's fine. It's kind of like I'll set you up, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm aware you're taking pictures of the bug and all this and, uh, Mm. Yeah, uh, I like that bit of tension, but I like the whole uh, when they get to the house and stuff. It's the start of I've put the whole cast as outstanding, and uh, I know it's not to everybody's taste, but I love all the kind of melodrama stuff for want of a better word. Mm. Um, so I love like the Peter and MJ, will they, won't they? I love the yeah. tension, the tension I mentioned with Harry kind of feeling mm. like Spider Man's responsible for his dad's death. I love the straight from the comic type Aunt May is in financial trouble kind of yeah. plot. Yeah. And, that, and that's another yeah. bit, you know, when they're at the bank later and, and Aunt May and, and Peter are there, and, and of course it's the, the same bank at the exact same time that Doc Ock yeah. turns up, yeah. you know, you could criticise that, but what's yeah. the point? Because it's it doesn't matter really, then, does it? It, it doesn't it's matter. Like, yeah, you know, and, to the story. Yeah, have got it's to get like that you, confrontation as well, haven't you? Yeah. That Spidey and Doc Ock now facing off. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's believable enough and, and, and it works rather than like you said paul it, it being you know hours of, of you know yeah. other things happening before yeah, you yeah, get to yeah. a a you know a scenario where they meet like that and it, and it works and you you know you get a great sequence out of it so yeah. you know it's worth it it is just because yeah. you need to get him there and spider-man mm. isn't superman so it can't be like there's a bank down the road i'll be there in 0.3 seconds <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to have like i'll swing around for 20 minutes before i can get there you know just yeah wait. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah i do uh i personally think um maybe this is just me but i think the Maguire dunce scenes are brilliant i think there's actual 
it's they're written well, but I think there's real chemistry, which I know some people disagree with. Um, yeah, ooh, yeah, maybe on one of those camps, actually. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think they're well played. Yeah, uh, and there is a lot of very nice dialogue in in this film, like the scene with Aunt Aunt May and um, Peter. You know, when he he tells her about oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's brilliantly yeah, done. I like but I think M MJ in these films, is, and I'm aware that in Homecoming this is the same, but she's not the comic version. Um, you know, in in the sort of you know model and all of that kind of type stuff, and and that's. Yeah. That's only kind of surface level stuff, but yeah, I, I yeah, didn't... it's kind of uh, the weird thing about these films. I think is that they kind of swap Gwen and MJ because mm. yeah, MJ is very much the kind of girl next door, first girl you ever loved that should be Gwen, and then when Gwen appears in Spider Man Three, she's a model. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like they've they've literally just swapped those two characters over. Um, but yeah, so I I, I kind of like those scenes, but maybe it's just because again I like these films and I'm a sucker for that kind of. Parker melodrama. You're not romantic, night, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am at, at heart. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, mate. Nothing wrong with no, that. No. At all. And, and I'm not saying I don't like it at all. It's it's um you know it's just not quite uh you know accurate. It's I suppose. Not quite into it, do you think? Is it, yeah, does that yeah, kind but, of get in your in 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 the way of your enjoyment of it, perhaps? Because you're you're comparing it to your version of the comic in your head. Yeah, yeah, and also the way you know the the films now. You know, at the time, you know, when I first watched, uh, you know, these Spidey films, yeah. you know, I, I had, I'm I'm sort of yeah, it is a great film, um, but but as the years have gone on, uh, you know, it, I look at it slightly differently. So I do really like it, and I think there's a lot of great stuff. Like I said, you know, I think the scenes are really nicely performed between them, but it's not, um, they just weren't quite quite on the money with, with the characters for me mm. but it was never enough that i didn't like them and and if these were the only spidey yeah. films we'd ever get uh, i'd think they're excellent yeah i, I know what you mean because there's there's kind of a growing thing where things can be a lot more faithful to the comics and they're not ashamed of it and mm. it's always a bit disappointing when you see things going backwards and Oh, we don't like the X Men movies. We're always terrified of bright yellow costumes and stuff. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like I said, I, I'm not a fan. Who you know, I'm not furious that uh, you know Hugh Jackman is too tall to play. No, uh, Wolverine. It doesn't bother me. And whilst I'm saying that you know the MJ wasn't quite right, you know it, it doesn't bother me. It's it's just um, you know, and I think you know the the performance and everything was still really good. If you see what I mean? Yeah, completely. Um, but yeah, I just love that the film keeps on, as I said, it like in the comics, it keeps just putting on more and more onto Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. So he's already just seen this kind of Aunt May is in trouble and he's had Harry have a go at him. And then you get MJ saying, don't disappoint me uh, to be, and you just know he's not going to make it to that play. Yeah. <laughs> well, does he keep saying there was a disturbance, isn't it? And, um, you know, when, when they, yeah, when he said that. Yeah, there was all something, wasn't it? I, I must, I'm, I, I must be honest. I, th I made the note on my phone about here that actually I thought I've got it here. Actually, it's a bit tedious. All this moping around, you know. So on, on the oh. one hand, we've got him moping over MJ constantly, and on the other hand, yeah, it's it's almost like it's almost like they, they, the, the the filmmakers, the story writers, you know, on the set are, are trying to think of every single way they can put an obstruction in Peter Parker, every single way to beat him up, every single moment where he, there's a bright spark of hope and happiness, they got to snuff it out. And it, I must admit, I, I, I was getting a little bit bored by all of that um, around about that point. 
really you know just before okay. just before he doesn't turn up to to the theater it's like you know it, it, it's almost like the film spent too much time doing that it's almost like you know i've kind of i've got the message now get on with things you know what i mean it's like I, i've got it now let's let's move on let's but yeah. every time when they're at the party and the volivants come around and he goes to get one they're snatched away yeah. from him or another hand comes in and then when he does get a drink actually it's somebody's leftovers so it's <laughs> th th there it is funny but i just yeah. wish they'd maybe trimmed it down a little bit it's like yeah that would be my listen. counter would be i think sam raimi at least makes he, he saves it from being too bleak because you'll tend to have a couple of scenes that are like yeah. you know or don't disappoint me and harry's upset and then you immediately get the kind of the guy asking for rent which is yeah fair enough it's part of the parker's troubles but that scene within itself is kind of funny mm. um so I think the, uh, the scene where, where yeah the guy's asking for the rent the guy's kind of asking for his rent and pushes in front of him the bathroom the toilet yeah he comes back out rent yeah <laughs> I don't know if you guys are aware of this. You probably are if you're big Marvel geeks like me, but that character's name, Mr. Ditkovich, is um, a reference to Steve Ditko, co-creator of Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I'm being I'm being schooled tonight on a couple of things, which is good. <laughs> we're, we're being revealed as amateurs now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I've, I've been <laughs> doing this for years. <laughs> we, it's like, like we, we've had for our podcast, you know, yeah. And, um, when uh, when Paul didn't like Winter Soldier, Cap you know, Captain America 2, I thought, oh, dear. Let me forget about that, are you? I, yeah. I'm with you, by the way, Paul, on that one. And I, oh, I always get you, really? for the same reason. Brilliant. Good man. <laughs> yes. I'm so sorry. My, my internet connection appears to be. <laughs> 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 um, oh, you know, but we, you know, we we talked about, it, didn't we, Paul? And you know, yeah, you you had your reasons for it, and it was all fair enough. But I did think, oh God, if he's not like that one, what hope is there for, <laughs> for the rest of this? <laughs> you know, the podcast is going to have to stop five films in. But fortunately, it's uh, hate that we'll just get. Yeah. <laughs> so, what did you think of this film? Well, I hope you did as well. Um, it was it was only that one, yeah. But you also crammed. Uh, a huge number of films into about two weeks, didn't you, before Black Widow came yeah, out, yeah. just in yeah. case it spoiled anything. It was, less, it was less than two weeks in the end. It was several mm. days, and they smashed them all in. Yeah. yeah. Paul doesn't sleep. <laughs> well, I'm well, Sleep is for losers. <laughs> That's why he's going to watch films in two halves, though. Yes, exactly. That's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, bless. But no, uh, moving on. Obviously, we're we talking about scene, now. Uh, What's the plot now? Where were we? <laughs> we've just finished kind of the scene in uh, Peter, kind of like getting oh, yeah. more and more beaten down, and we're switching to now he's um, he's having tea with um, Doc Ock and his wife. Uh, mm. And I think worth noting, Alfred Molina is brilliant throughout oh, this movie. He is absolutely brilliant. Yes, yeah, well said. Yeah. And um, and also, I quite like later on in the film. He he sort of has um, Otto's bowl haircut. Yes, if, if, and the we had circular glasses. Anyway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the glasses, and and there's a lot of really nice sort of um, tight close-ups on him, kind of you know turning to look at something, kind of looking over his shoulder and stuff. That's a bit of a, a repeated kind of image in it. I, I yeah. noticed. I love it. I like that this scene in particular, it actually emphasizes that Peter is like a genius level intellect. Yeah. They make the point yeah, yeah, of referencing yeah. his intelligence and yes. that it's a gift. Um, and he gets a ticking off, doesn't he? Octavius gives him a, a real ticking off. Isn't yeah, because I mean, he's, he says, doesn't he, that your, your tutor says you're brilliant, but you're lazy. And you yeah, need that's to, it, you're lazy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's almost a mirror of the great power, great responsibility, but with exactly. intelligence in yeah. place of power. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if you're smart enough, you've got you've to use it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I do love that, I think for me at least, 
um, Otto and Rosie are a clever kind of mirror of Peter and MJ when they're talking about how um, he wooed her with poetry and she doesn't understand science. That's right. and she's, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. the kind of pretty redhead that he and finally he tries married. Later on with, with MJ, doesn't he? And exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm kind of cringing about. It. Oh my god. <laughs> he's going down the poetry. It's the worst possible moment as Peter Parker tends to get <laughs> get it wrong. But yeah. Uh, yeah. The other note I made around these parts is that there's a great soundtrack to this movie, which I always forget. In the yeah. it's notable in the Lincoln scenes where it gets like pop scenes, pop songs to link like Parker going places or show you his mood. Um, but obviously, we've mentioned Danny Elfman's scores brilliant as well. So there was uh, they they played the Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kids on, didn't they? Rings yes. Rings 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 Rings. Yeah. And not only play the song, but also recreate the visuals from the film as well, even to the point of the freeze frame yep. at the end of it. You know, it's it's brilliant. I, I, See, I didn't it. know that was from that because I was thinking from it's in Forrest Gump. Just That's <laughs> No, it's good. It, it's Remy level cookiness, isn't it, really? But yeah, I love that. Um, again, I made a note at this point because it's when Peter's supposed to be going to the play and he gets um, distracted by having to uh, find the fight the robbers and stuff. Uh, made a note that there's some brilliant CGI because earlier in the film it was kind yeah. of ropey for me. Mm. Um, when he's yeah. swinging through the, with the pizzas and stuff, I was like, oh, this hasn't aged well. But then in this particular scene, I was like, see, this one they must have spent more time on because this, I think, looks fantastic. The action's brilliant in this scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of bits of CG where now, you know, I noticed it on the train sequence in, in the wider shots, not on the, the, the train or the scenery, but on, on him, uh, on Spidey. And there's a couple of fairly ropey um, Doc Ox as well. But at the time, it was, you know, it was cutting edge stuff. Groundbreaking. You know, groundbreaking. Yeah. You, you uh, didn't think, you didn't know any different, so no, no, you're right. I, I think what what um, what really sells it for me because I was I was massively impressed by how great those action sequences were yeah. in general, the CGI, and I think a lot of it comes down to the storyboarding and you know the whole choreography yeah. of the shot. And if I remember, one of the great things about this film when it first came out was that the choreography, that you know, the whole dynamism, the way they shot Spider Man, the way he swung through mm. the streets, the way the camera revolved around him, three sixty up and over, side to side through buildings around the webs through the webs yes, through cars, through. it was really really groundbreaking at the time and it still really impressed me last night and then yeah. i thought when i watched I, it i, I must, honestly thought it was brilliant from that i must admit when i watched it i was like oh, i hope we get more bits like that in yeah. um, no way home because you get a really cool bit at the end of far from home where he, he's i haven't he's, seen far from home yet. oh okay so oh, sorry <laughs> do you know the bit i mean like he swings along in the city a bit and then he he, he glides through us oh yeah Talk to Mike yeah, like but... I can't hear you, huh? Go on. <laughs> um, and it, and it's a really cool that. sequence. Um, and th there was some brilliant um, web swinging stuff in the amazing films as well. But yeah, but Paul's right. You know, the, these bits are, are brilliantly uh, kind of storyboarded. And, and also, like I said, the way Raimi shoots stuff, it's, it's quite rare that you can get away with the crash zoom. In, yeah. in anything and he makes it work in this because that's his style and it fits yeah, yeah. the the emotion of of a scene like when um mj and peter are standing in the wreckage of the um coffee shop and you and you hear the thudding noise and it and it yeah. bashes in closer on them you know it's, it's that that sort of danger is, is getting near you know like when i'm out filming with my guys you know and anyone does a crash zoom i'm like no please don't do that it's horrific but there are times yeah, usually in music when you can get away with it and and i wouldn't normally do it in a narrative piece but he makes it work 
I just it's always the... call it the evil dead shots when something like that happens because it's yeah. Yeah. having watched those weirdly first, like way too young, I recognize all yeah. of the stuff because with it being like a weird out there kind of horror, you can get away with it. And yet, yeah, it's just it's Raimi's directing language anyway, isn't it? It's like the scene when, um, you know, Doc wakes up, uh, yeah, you know, I will get there. things. <laughs> And and you get the shadows and you know there's more crash rooms and whip pans and stuff like that. Yeah, it's really kind of Evil Dead at that point, and um, very yeah. it's his style. So I'm I'm excited to see that kind of stuff with especially with considering yeah, Doctor Strange as a character has yeah, no physical yeah. limitations. So what yeah. he's going to do with the camera yeah, and stuff there is going to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, I made the same note, which I may as well mention here. There's a couple of things where I just think the web swinging is so dynamic and so fluid. It really is. Um, yeah. And when it, when it goes to the trouble of having him in this particular scene that I was up to. He kind of goes through the linking part between a truck and its um, carriage. Yeah, uh, that's right. And then, yeah, yeah he, sp he spins, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. at the very um, in the train fight with Doc Ock, he gets flung through the bridge and he just mm. goes straight through the holes in it. <laughs> and I was like, this is the kind that's, of yeah. thing. This really gives Brilliant. you the kind of yeah. the impression of that's what it must be like to be Spider Man, that cool yeah. level of like, I'm so weirdly aerodynamic and cool. And I like that the film emphasizes that when he doesn't have the powers, he just immediately looks over and he's like, whoa, crap, scared of heights kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A normal person yeah. couldn't do this, dude, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, there's a bit later, isn't there, we'll come to when he yeah. he, he uh, thinks he's got his powers back, doesn't he, which is, which is quite funny, actually. <laughs> I love that, yeah. Uh, but no, we go, uh, we go anyway. We've got the Bruce Campbell cameo at this point, yeah. uh, which is standard for all Sam Raimi yeah. films. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure, again, you guys are aware that they were going to have him revealed in Raimi's Spider-Man 4 to have been Mysterio in, like, oh, another really? three credits. Oh. Uh, yeah, they said, because like, he looks like he's playing a different character because he's, like, the ring announcer at the wrestling in the first one. Yeah. And he's the snooty usher in this one, and he's the, the waiter who's pretending to be French in the third one. Uh, mm. And Raimi had the storyboards you can find online that he was going to be, like, the initial first 20 minutes defeated villain in Spider-Man 4 right. uh, and it was going to be revealed he's Mysterio and he just loves getting yeah. into these roles and these characters and uh, yeah. so it's kind of a shame that never got to happen really. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, um, yeah. can we can we um, skip a, a moment and and talk about the the uh, the, the Spidey 3 briefly and 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 also that the fourth one never happened and that Raimi didn't yeah. really get to do what he wanted which I think was uh, uh, a great shame, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's briefly brought up in the audience interaction section, and it is by me. Oh, at the okay. end. Right. It is by me at the end of this one. But I mean, we can talk about it now because I say that it's nice that Harry's plot through here makes sense, and what could be a kind of background character that you have to shove in has a beginning, middle, and end to a story, yeah. and it's clearly setting up something epic. But then, unfortunately, what you actually get in Spider-Man Three. It's terrible for that yeah. story. I was so excited when he found the kind of goblin cave or whatever at the end yeah, of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, then when in Spider-Man 3, as soon as, like, from his first scene, when he's in that terrible snowboarding-type gear and he gets amnesia within his first fight, and I was like, oh, dude, you've completely just dropped the ball on this one, I'm yeah. afraid. But, uh, you, you can see that... Um... Number three was a film where the uh, studio interfered. Mm. You know, Raimi didn't want to do Venom, did he? And and that and that plot line of, you know, it was just a bit of glob from space. And I know, kind of, you know, without going into space and having the you know the symbiote and stuff. But it was like it just that just falls out of the sky and that's it. We're just going to go with this now. And then you know, Venom was was all right in it. I'm not really a big Venom fan anyway, but you know, they yeah, just. 
they, I like him. I don't. I don't dislike it. But you know, he's not. He's not one of my favourites. But um, they just shoved too much into it, and and you could just sort of tell everyone wasn't really into it on on that one. I don't mind the venom stuff personally. I, I don't love the bit at the end when it all comes into a free for all, and then Harry switches from heel to face, and it becomes a big wrestling match. Um, but I don't mind like the venom creation scene in the church and stuff. I think it's yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I, really, moments, I, I don't think there's anything. Essentially, I think if it was on its own, it'd probably be reasonably reasonably decent film. I there's think. bits yeah. of the so film that are great. I mean, the, the Spider Man, yeah. the Sandman, sorry, narrative and creation and everything's brilliant. That's you yeah. can see that if the film was just just Sandman, that's Raimi's film. That's his kind of sequel to this that works really well. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah um, if it was just any any one of those things, it, it would have been kind of bang I still, on. Uh, I still don't think he got Harry Osborne right if it had just been him. I think that's where it gets stupid. I know I said I like the melodrama in the first two, but then the whole kind of yeah. I've got amnesia and now I don't, but I'm not going to let you know and I'm going to make a break up with you and stuff. I might gets have to very, watch it tonight. gets very soap opera, yeah. I think, for me at that point. Um, but, but it's still probably better than Harry... Uh, in the amazing films, oh, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not hard though, to be fair. <laughs> no, um, but, oh, I hated that so much, anyway. Off track, <laughs> <laughs> moving on swiftly. It's because I love the death of Gwen Stacy story, and that film just butchered it, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Although it was still um, quite sad when, when uh, you know, he, he's holding her, but yeah, it, it didn't, yeah. Didn't, didn't do it justice. Not at all, no. Um, so uh, during this scene when he's been kind of sh shoved away from the theatre, you get a lovely use of the Spider-Man really? 60s cartoon theme yeah. song on the yeah, violin. I you guys would have appreciated that. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Yeah. This is the first time that he kind of um, starts to lose his powers. So again, but because things are getting a bit dark, I think, and a bit hopeless, that's when you get the humour. And I think Raimi shoves in this scene where he's in the elevator. And the guy's kind of like, oh, <laughs> nice spidey suit. Where did you get it? Is it okay? And that's... That's quite funny because actors always talk about how their suits are, you know, like Christian Bale couldn't turn his head yeah. and, you know, they, they have to be unzipped out of these things or have, you know, wee bags because they can't go to the loo properly and stuff like that. So, yeah, when he says, you know, it rides up a bit and it's uncomfortable, it's probably <laughs> just yeah. it's actually it. <laughs> the, the, the sort of the, the perfect pause and then the, the brilliance of it rides up in the crotch specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's hilarious. But, uh, yeah, bear with me because this is a tiny bit of a um, more involved note that I've made, but it's just to say that I love this plot idea that um, you're criticizing earlier, Paul, uh, about Peter getting increasingly annoyed at his responsibility. So that's why he renounces his great power, but ultimately he has to accept his place as the hero, as stated beautifully in Aunt May's speech later. Yeah. Um, well, that she, do you think she's figured it all out by then? I, I suspected she had. Yeah. Oh, people, he, some people on the internet have said. Yeah, I, I I personally don't, but I don't reject mm. that interpretation um, mm. because yeah, you can, it's there if you want it, I guess. But yeah, I like uh, the fact it's kind of there for you as a viewer to kind of make yes, up your own mind as to not, knows or not. It's not yeah. hammered home brutally, no. you know, one thing or yeah. another. Yeah, but, yeah, you, you can. Uh, make it's a great speech. It's a beautiful little moment. I really yeah, enjoyed great. that in the yeah. film. Actually, it's I almost like it. um, it's it's almost like they, you know, cause I I watch a, a lot of those DC shows. Jeff doesn't watch many of these, but they have a certain structure to them. They have a, a magnificent opening, and then there's this kind of there's always a character moment right in between where they um, all, they all gather around in some way and talk about the heart of the message of the show, the relationship stuff, the the the, the reason somebody's making a mistake. There's a learning point which is 
and it's there in spider in in his spider-man film and you know when you think of um when you think smallville also being the template for for a lot of those dc shows you kind of wonder then you know maybe because i i honestly think my my theory with this is that spider-man and spider-man 2 the first two superhero films of i don't know decades that they actually got right you know they got the formula i mean sam raimi was working on these films there was no formula for him to follow you know him and the create and and the writers and the whole creative team the designers the illustrators everybody got together and made this thing and they they forged the 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 template i think for so much more yeah yeah that came afterwards you know i think it all starts really in the 21st century right with these two films spider-man one and 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 two and everything else we enjoy after that it all began there I'll yeah, save you from the I'll save you from the wrath of the internet and point out that yes, we all know that Blade and X-Men came before it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm with you that Spider-Man was really this sole hero structure for straight from the comic book kind of they idea. Got it right. Yeah, because people were raving about how X-Men got so much right. And I think I was because I'd grown up on the kind of full colour comics and this colourful cartoons, I was like, they got what right? They're in black leather. I know, loud. I mean, you know. They're not yellow. They're not yeah. wearing yellow. Plus, yeah, I mean, plus I've always been a huge fan of Cyclops, and I'm like, oh, what, you give him four minutes of screen time next time instead of three? What the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah, you know? I, I enjoy the X-Men films, the, the, the older ones. They and, fight, yeah. But, you know, again, the first two, the third one always seems to flop for some reason. They just seem to, I don't know, throw it against the wall and it just doesn't work. But again, yeah. the first two, yeah, they, they, they're good films. But what they, what it always felt they were missing was, 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 was a, was a heart and a soul, a kind of humanity about them, which makes sense for, for the, the film. You know, they, they're, they're mutants, they're outcasts. So it's, it, it makes sense for that to not be as, as present in those films. But yeah. Spider Man, these two films have a huge amount of heart and soul yeah. in them. And okay, I, I I personally thought the whole MJ moping thing was, you know, a little bit too much. But that's because I'm a, a grey-haired, jaded old. It's been a, a long, it, it's been a lot of years since I was a, an angst-ridden teenager, yeah. and, I, and now I see the I see it, I just laugh at it. So, you know, apologies to teenagers who are going through that right now. I was just going to say, I'm still an angst teenager, real, but anyway. still, I still laugh my socks off when when I see my girls going through this stuff. So, oh. I'm just I'm just cruel like that, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, just... No, I'm I'm still very much that kind of angst ridden teenager at heart. <laughs> <laughs> Eternally but you know I mean? and... These films do have a heart to them. They, you know, that romance story is 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 very real. And and the great yeah. thing about Spider Man is that we've all been there. We've all been Peter Parker. Sometimes, yeah. you know, we are Peter Parker really you know there's always something relatable in that character whereas with the x-men and blade you know it was he's like a vampire or something isn't he we don't really relate to we we might pick up on certain parts of their struggle because they kind of reflect but they're they're on a different level you know the x-men are on you know their level blades on his and but peter parker is is the human in all of us you know wherever we come from across the world i think we're, we've all been in that place where the whole world seems to go against us where the girl of our dreams just doesn't want to know or yeah. we, for whatever reason we just can't make something happen and at the heart of it we all want to we all want to be spider-man you know Absolutely. what i mean and he actually that's, can yeah. be spider-man he is spider-man that's why and, i think um into the spider-verse it hits isn't it everybody always says it's because you can be anybody under that mask and everybody yes, relates absolutely and so, right it drives yeah. the home, doesn't it yeah yeah completely i mean uh and having a black character i think is more important to that as well so you can see yourself if you happen Definitely. to be a person yeah. of color uh, as a newer spider-man the miles morales version as well so but uh, yeah, I think uh, in particular this film, don't bring it back to it. I think it's it's for me a glorious examination of real heroism, and it's got real depth mm-hmm. and gravitas to it. Um, 
I picked up on the inspiration from Superman 2, as I mentioned earlier, which is yeah, yeah, more yeah. or less the same plot, which is I want Loses to be with Lois, I will give up my powers, yeah. but now there's a threat only I can handle, so I can have my powers back. Um, and obviously the inspiration, the main inspiration would be the comic Spider-Man No More, Amazing Spider-Man issue yeah. 50. They literally um, recreate that shot, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah, it's brilliant. My next, yeah, no, yeah. I yeah. love that they did that. They recreated the cover shot in that exact with the Spidey suit in the trash can. Love that to bits. Yeah. Uh, and that is the free comic that came with the DVD gift set that oh, I've got. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man issue 50. Um, but yeah, and obviously they do use the Spider-Man No More title in dialogue and as the newspaper headline as well. Yeah, um, yes. It spins out. Completely. But I'll uh, I'll move us on anyway, because the next scene is a scene that I remember loving in the cinema and still do, the Doc Ock creation scene, I, I call it, um, yeah. where he's kind of, he, he's experimenting and it goes wrong in that classic mad scientist-y kind of way. Yeah. Um, Raimi doing action, I think, just always works for me. He's a master of tension with a little touch of horror. He really is. Yes, so the, yes, the yes. reflection. Uh, Great description, yeah. Yeah. The reflection of, like, um, what's her name, Rosie's face in the glass. Yeah, as she's about to get yeah, killed without it's, actually it's seeing anything. Water. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's I exactly that what I was thinking. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 those horror tropes that Raimi created and made his own that, that coming to life on it in, in a superhero film. It's also a comic book as well, isn't it? You know, you could see yeah. that as a comic book panel. It's absolutely, yeah, I just, I love it. Love that sequence from beginning to end. It's brilliant, and uh, yeah, I'll ask you guys after we've said about both of these because they're kind of linked. But then, obviously, you've talked about it earlier—the hospital scene where they are trying to take off the arms, and it just literally turns into an Evil Dead movie. There's no two ways about yeah, it. it does. <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the point that you have somebody reaching for a chainsaw for crying out loud. Why is it there? You've got characters screaming. Yeah, you've got a character being dragged there. away, like as if they're being dragged into the cellar. You've got. Dutch yeah. angles. I just think this is a scene study within itself. If you ever want to study Sam Raimi in a nutshell, just watch yeah, this scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, I really hope we get something akin to this in Doctor Strange because oh, that's where you can yeah. really go crazy with the kind of weird yeah. horror. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you guys uh, have any more thoughts on those two scenes, the Doc Ock creation and then the evil dead in the hospital scene? <laughs> Uh, well, I, yeah, I mentioned the uh, Doc Ock creation earlier, and, yeah. I, and I, I think you're right on uh, all of it, Mike. You know, it's it's so the, the, the tension build up in them, and and also the kind of stylizing yeah. of everything, taking kind of comic book stuff like like the shot with the glass, you know, coming at his wife, is the sort of thing you you know you'd get in a comic, but but also by mixing in the Raimi styles as well. I uh, just they're, they're just really really nicely done sequences yeah. and and you're right the the Doc Ock creation is an Evil Dead bit it's it's absolutely bonkers that scene yeah. um, and and quite um, probably probably pushing as kind of intense as you can get in something yeah. like this um, and and yeah it's, it was great yeah totally agree. I agree and I. I, yeah. I agree just a second what you were saying i think there's a lot of quality direction and i know that you'd agree with me on paul that there are frames in this movie that i think could be just a, a, an artwork an actual comic oh, panel totally. or a poster. Yeah. Um, I've, I've 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 made it on the note of my phone there great camera shots throughout sam raimi really flexing his horror muscles could yeah. be straight out of a comic panel or the evil dead it's yeah. we, we've said it it's it's right there i i love the fact he goes for that mm. absolutely yeah <clears throat> and I do love the fact that briefly when you get to the uh, debugle after this about the, um, the fallout from the thing, we get them naming Doc Ock and you get a, a Doctor Strange <laughs> name drop, which now I find really ironic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ironic, isn't it, I suppose? I've completely forgotten about that. And yeah. then when I watched yeah. it again, I was like, what can oh, we call wow. him? 
that's, saying, that's good, but it's taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I did notice it last night, but I, I didn't. For some reason, that's never thought about um, the multiverse of madness or whatever it's called. Thing. That, yeah. yeah, you're right. Very weird. But uh, yeah. so then we get to, we get to the bank anyway that you were discussing earlier, and uh, this is our next cameo by Joel McHale from Community, who I think was not famous at this point, but has gone on to bigger things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's key that when. The uh, when Doc Ock attacks, you get the line from him of that boy of yours is a real hero, which hits the theme because he's saying it sarcastically, but it's kind of true. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah, he's got no idea, has he? Yeah, exactly. And it, that leads to again another great action scene uh, where Doc Ock kind of kidnaps Aunt May and uh, they kind of brilliant. tussle. Love, yeah. It's brilliant. Oh, the, the and shit, part of that. <laughs> you know, the, it is the bravado exactly of doing right, it. Yeah. But, I love in that that bit where they're climbing up the um you know the building and she's hanging on to the uh, with the umbrella and then oh, you yes. have the, the the twist around on it that that actually uh you know she's basically on the ledge the whole time that so was so genius, genius. Yeah. Just had to drop a yeah. slightly and, and then thanks the cherub <laughs> thank you yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it but I love that again from that that action scene's great enough on its own but it comes from character because. You get those mm. little moments, but it also more importantly changes May's attitude towards Spider-Man, which yeah. you need because earlier she's like, the less said about him, the better. And mm. we need that big speech. So this is where she turns around and she's like, oh, yeah. I was wrong about you. Um, and of course, you get the Stan Lee cameo saving somebody from some rubble. That's right. Yeah, it's got to be done, <laughs> isn't it? Um, yeah, very, done. Brief, very brief cameo for him, actually. They're normally uh, bigger, aren't they? You know, they are nowadays, but I think, bigger, yeah. I think. Yeah, in the early days, I mean, because he's in the first X-Men and you have to really look. Uh, he's on the beach when it's Senator beach, Kelly was yeah. Uh, but yeah. uh, the next scene was something that I'd made a note of because during the uh, audience interaction that I'd asked for, somebody had said that they were unsure about the Peter's loss of his powers and how he gets them back. Uh, and I've said, if you actually watch this scene, I think you get it all explained for you there. Um, the doctor that he goes to is talking about, he's disguising it as, oh, it's in my dreams and whatever. Uh, yeah, and it's for a friend, isn't it? So, yeah, the, the, the fact that the guy says, my diagnosis is it's all up here in your head mm -hmm. and you always have a choice. I think that's all the explanation you need. It's psychosomatic. Yeah. He, can, he can switch it off. He can switch it back on, yeah. not with ease, but um, until he basically just decides, you know, once he gets so it's, exasperated it's with everything. him to control it in a way, isn't it? You know, it's exactly. To, to accept who he is and what he, what he does and make a decision, make the choice. The choice is in front of him. Yes, mm. which is always the, the Peter Parker thing, isn't it? You know, the power and responsibility it's your choice at the end of the day but uh that does give you that fantastic uncle ben dream scene which surprised me at the time because i wasn't expecting uncle ben to come yeah, back yeah. Um, but it's very powerful that it cements that idea and that peter's very much like rejecting the face of with great power comes great responsibility, yeah. literally yeah. in that line um and then we've mentioned after that you get the kind of the raimi cookiness the raindrops keep falling on my head and the freeze frame um, <laughs> yeah after he's dumped his suit and he's made, because that, that's obviously the significant moment, isn't it? He, you know, he's, yeah. he's had Spider-Man, he's done it, that's it, end of no going back. And then, yeah, the raindrops keep falling on my head. And also, he, he um, is, is there a moment, was it then or was it a little bit later on when he can't see? And because it, it, which reflects the moment in Spider-Man 1 where he, he wakes up after doing his transformation, yes. puts yeah. his glasses on and everything's blurry, takes him off and he can see. And it's almost like the reverse of that at some yeah, point yeah. around here, isn't it? It's when he, um, yeah, well, a couple of times at first when he loses his powers, he kind of has to put the glasses back on because everything gets blurry. Yeah, yeah, but then when yeah. he gets them back at the very end, um, he's got the glasses on and he has to take them back off again. Yeah, and uh, they smash forever, like as if that's it now. Yeah. He's Spider-Man, there's no going back. Completely, absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. But um, I do love the fact that we get that kind of kooky scene and then we immediately follow that with actual anguish at Peter because he has to walk away from somebody getting mugged. Yeah, getting beaten up. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
I just love yeah. that the film never ignores the weight of Peter's choice. It points out that right. it is his choice, but also points out that, that there's weight to that. You know, you've got to. It never makes it easy for him, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and also reflects his his choice in uh, in you know in the origin story when he um, he, he steps out of the way the guy who was going to yeah. rob the the other you know escaping with the money who ended up shooting shooting Uncle Ben. It sort of you know again he walks away. It's almost like that's that's an innate part of his character to to walk away from danger because. And when you think about it, let's be honest, how many of us, you know, if we saw someone really properly getting, I know it's a bit comic book, but really properly getting getting beaten up, there's there's not that many people who would actually go in and because yeah, no. you don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, for Peter, who can do something about it, he's got his super strength and the awareness and the spider abilities, he could do something, but he definitely chooses not to again. You know, yeah. and it's it's it's. I find that quite a quite a cold moment. I liked it because it yeah. was cold, you know. But it's a real. It couples really well, I think, with a scene that comes up later on where it's really drilled home. But I'll get to that when we when we reach that scene. Um, but yeah. again, I just like that the film's not ignoring it. It's not like yeah, well, he's yeah. decided to away. he's decided to have a normal life, so now everything's happy and great. It's like no, you've mm. got to be aware what you're leaving behind as well. But you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've touched on it, but I think Peter telling Aunt May the truth about Uncle Ben was a real surprise to me as well. was not expecting that. And in terms of some of the brilliant dialogue in this film, uh, the line, Uncle Ben was killed that night for being the only one that did the right thing. I've just written the mm. note, F me, that really hit me for some reason. I don't really know why that is, but uh, yeah. So good. then we get to the scene I was talking about, which is the next scene, which is um, he kind of runs into a fire to try to rescue someone. Uh, I just think that scene is beyond heartbreaking and shockingly bleak. It's yeah. great because it shows that Peter still is heroic without powers. He, he decides yeah. to do something. Yeah. But it hammers home the reality of that for ordinary people because without his powers, somebody still died. Mm. Uh, so it's kind of, again, that reveal at the end of somebody else was trapped. So you didn't, you know, you weren't really able to do it. I think that's a perfect shorthand sort of showing, not telling way of saying yeah. this is one of the reasons why Peter would would do that and then you do get him kind of coming home and saying it's not fair why can't i have what i want yeah um, and then that leads to the beautiful scene with ursula the neighbor coming to um yeah that's quite tender isn't it it's quite a nice moment there i was always a little bit unsure what that scene is for but then watching it now i'm like the mm. fact that this comes at peter's lowest point when he's literally kind of appealing to to god of why can't i be happy why can't i have my way it strikes me that this is perhaps the film showing you that people can be kind and that they're worth kind of protecting because yeah. Ursula's kind of there for him and like, oh, come, come here, sit down, have a bit of chocolate cake. And um, so I think that seems actually in retrospect really important, a lot more than I realised. Um, yeah, agree. yeah, I agree. I, I think Peter Parker needs his needs his allies. You know, like yeah. you were saying with the guy in the in the Daily Bugle, uh, you know, yeah, who's, who's sort of supporting him. There's not many of those people around in the film at, at that point. Everything seems to be against him. Everything is against him, even his own actions and the choices he makes. And just occasionally there's these nice little rays of light, that, you know, these un, unwarranted kind of, um, you know, acts of kindness, as, as you put it. You know, she he didn't ask her to go down and, and have a little chat with him and get him a piece of cake. She went there on her own accord and, People can do that, you know. Yeah. We, we can do nice things when we want to, you know. I mean? Absolutely. And uh, speaking of the emotional kind of core of ideas like that, this is when you get Aunt May's speech, which again, yeah. as you guys have both kind of uh, seconded, it's my favorite part of the movie. It's just epic. It perfectly sums up everything that resonates with me that I love about superhero films. Uh, by using comic books as the actual reference, I think is really smart as well. Mm. Saying that, you know, kids need heroes, people to look up to, and people that will get us through the day-to-day -day issues and mm -hmm. 
I think, yeah, I just, <laughs> if there's a scene in the film that drills to my core and just wrecks me, it's that scene because it's so good and it sums up a lot of my life, I think, in, a, in <laughs> such a succinct way yeah, and a lot of what yeah. these films are good for and what they do, while also um, giving Peter as a character the motivation of, like, that's why I need to be doing what yeah. I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and and, yeah. Uh, and that's why I also sort of took that bit that May knows, you know, the yeah. secret at that point, and, uh, you know, she's sort of... Uh, you know, using the the neighbours, the kid from across the street, to as a sort of you know encouragement to to get over, get back out there and and do it again. Yeah, it's also um, I, I think really clever that at the end of the scene, various bits of dialogue come back to be important. So Doc Ock references when he realises who Peter is, brilliant but lazy, and um, mm. Peter kind of appeals back to him by saying, "You said intelligence was a gift." Uh, and when Ock says that he can't give up his dream, Peter uses May's speech and says, sometimes to do what's right, you have to sacrifice things, including yeah. your dreams, uh, which I thought was like, that's a brilliant use of actual dialogue in the movie, uh, which gives it that extra kind of oomph. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next scene is kind of just a random thing, but it was when Mary Jane asks John to kiss her, but upside down. Yeah. That's a cool kiss. It's worth pointing out the original film, while not necessarily as good, is vital to your understanding this one. Yeah, if you haven't seen the original film, yeah. that scene is meaningless completely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the... We, we're getting into the scene now that I know you particularly love, Paul, with the coffee shop, um, <sighs> where it's all about <sighs> Peter taking... Uh, <laughs> it, it's all about Peter taking back his responsibility with her now, because he sort of hinted at wanting to get yeah. together with her, even though she was engaged earlier and yeah. stuff. And now she straight up asks, do you love me? And he responds, I don't. And that's him taking that responsibility. Yeah, and her, yeah. her calling out his BS with, fine, then kiss me, so I need to know something. I think <laughs> it's, is... it's one of you know his his whole things about you know the secret identity is to protect his, his family and his loved ones and everything. And um, if, if you've read the Civil War comic, mm. uh, you know, which is where he unmasks on, on TV, and then you know, the fallout from that is Aunt May getting shot and hospitalized and all this kind of stuff happening. Um and and you know, you you realise why he's never wanted to 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 put the, the, the secret out there. Mm. Um and so yeah, him him then backing away from uh, MJ. I, I really missed that point in the Civil War movie. Yeah, that's true. That that bit was well I mean I, I suppose the 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 similar has happened uh later but paul hasn't seen yeah that. yeah yeah definitely yeah i know what you mean um but yes they they didn't obviously quite take that part in in civil war the film yeah i mean there's still stuff there but either way um yeah i just love this scene and i know as i said paul you, you already wrote on twitter that you got goosebumps when he starts I, to yeah uh... I, I did because i'd forgotten all about that scene and and as soon as i saw them uh, the, the the opening shot of MJ in the coffee shop, it all came flooding back into my head because that was the trailer, I think, for the it film. Was, I was just going to say, I've made a note of it? that. It was the teaser trailer, and that's why yeah, that scene yeah. always sparks my memory as well. <laughs> and I remember seeing it. I, I can't remember what I must have gone to see. It might have been a James Bond film or something like that. It was Casino Grail around about the same time. I, I can't remember. But I think it was around the same time, actually. It, it might have been something like that, or, or it might have been a Star Wars film, Attack of the Clones or something, but, or the other one. 
Avenger the Sith. Uh, anyway, back to the point. But I remember when that when that car just flipped through the the window and the whole glass breaks, mm. and that's a beautifully framed shot. And yeah. okay, it's CGI and all. It doesn't matter. It's just gorgeous and it's impactful. And when I was watching it in cinema, I, was, I jumped out of my seat, and and that feeling came back as soon as I saw the cafe, and I thought, yeah, we got this to look forward to now. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, so much good stuff from this. And that scene is a is a, another good example of, of one of the reasons why I love. You know, comic films because you you yeah. get some really good character stuff there, and it and it's yeah. you know, there's some good emotion to it, and and then it goes straight into a, you know a crazy something like that the, the, yeah. the big double page splash yeah. almost yeah. isn't it but, yeah. but it doesn't feel fun. it doesn't feel out uh, unbelievable within the context of the the world that they've built there yeah completely uh, that that was one slight criticism that I had but it's kind of a funny one is mm. that. Um, Doc Ock kind of tells him that Peter will lead him to Spider-Man and so to kind of put some pressure on him and Doc Ock's response is to throw a car at him and I was like yeah. what was his plan <laughs> it's kind of lucky that it seems like Peter's spider sense clicks in because otherwise it would have been like where's yeah. Spider-Man pile of goo on the floor <laughs> he's, just yeah. squashed him he's on that yeah. car tire you might have to pick him out of the treads for the spoon or something well, yeah, is that? but again it's comic book films isn't it course, you know, yeah. our, our suspension of disbelief is massively yeah. stretched at this point we just I forgive it, it but it's one of those things that I just find amusing yeah, if I was yeah. making a kind it of um, one of those internet how it should have ended type videos I would definitely have that scene be that it just mashes Peter and then Doc Ock's like oh I'm gonna have to tell Osborne about yeah. it <laughs> but yeah and again I do love the scene you're on about where he you get the immediate dropping of the glasses and he clenches his fist as he takes the, the powers back I guess mm. it's just iconic isn't it really so um and then this whole fight everything from the clock tower to the train oh, for it's me brilliant. is it's the best Fabulous. The best 20 minutes or so in superhero really? cinema for me, never better. Yeah, absolutely um, agree. I mentioned really earlier really. the frenetic pace and the aerodynamics of it. Mm. I just think it's it's stunning. And I made very little notes because I was just watching it because it's just thrilling to watch generally. Um, but yeah, it I is, love it. The, is brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at my notes actually. I'll put on here. But, uh, still awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I haven't written it. anything about the actual fight <laughs> or that that sequence because it is brilliant. I, I think yeah. Jeff pointed out. You know, they, they, there's maybe one or two frames that you can see where the CGI doesn't perhaps quite work, but yeah. honestly, it doesn't matter because yeah. the, the so much good stuff in the it, storytelling yeah. behind yeah. those sequences. They're, they're fighting on the tier stuff. They, they're on the top of the train, then they then they shift to being yeah. on the side. But because of their abilities, they're still you know upright in in theory on it. So yeah. there's all these different kind of you know levels and dimensions to mm. it and. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene as well because it's like they remember what these kind of people can do. So the scene that you would never think of where Peter's like shoved forward and he would fall in front of the train tracks, but his feet still stick to the train. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. It just like planks and then pops back up. It's <laughs> it's so just brilliant and genius. But it is. Um, and, and they never forget about, like you said, that yeah, they don't forget about the abilities of these people and the way they use Doc Ock. In fact, actually, we we it's it's criminal we haven't done this. We sh we haven't mentioned Doc Ock's arms at all. Yes, but you know, I mean, on the one hand, I I, I love the way Spider Man throughout this film sticks to things. Incredible yes. adhesion, you know, he just sticks <laughs> to everything. It's brilliant, <laughs> and the camera plays with that, right? And yeah. the same thing with uh, with Doc Ock's arms doing all kinds of stuff. The the puppetry, the, the 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 way they move, the way they almost have a personality of their own. 
mm-hmm. is brilliant. And it sort of that also reflects in the first film, doesn't it? Because you've got you've almost got this this um this, this dichotomy of personality between Norman Osborn and his mask, right? Which is played mm-hmm. throughout the whole of the first film. And you've got shades of that with Doc Ock and his arms. Also the you know, there's oh, this more than just shades, I think fragmentation of, of personality with, with yeah. within the technology that the, the bad guys have. And it's I, I like that the, those threads from one film to another. It shows the filmmaker who's in control and, and yeah. confident or at least exudes confidence through it. But well, it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's I'm funny you mentioned uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, am I right in thinking that the arms are obviously CGI sometimes, but sometimes they were puppeted as well. They were puppeted, that, yeah. Guys puppeted, in blue yeah. with things on rods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned though about them having a personality of their own, because again I'm probably telling you stuff you already know, but the <laughs> the arms were given names by Sam oh, really? Really? Yeah, like, were they? I didn't know that. Them, uh, he called them like Harry, Larry, Curly, and Mo, uh, yeah, and kind yeah. of directed them as if they were their own thing. Which, which um, you should, because they they do. They even like talk to him at some point. Yeah, yeah. they make all these little noises, don't they? Don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I've got the um the, the rather expensive action figure of Doc Ock that I've had since this film came out as well, oh. and I love the arms on it because it's got the yeah. the two sort of triangular little ones, and then the bigger ones at the bottom, and it's yeah. just such a cool design. But yeah, that's yeah. just a moment of geekery from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. why not? But, but the the thing that made me think about that was was in how they crashed through the windows of the train and and yeah. s- split people apart to get the Spidey and you know all all the stuff all the the, the, the way they move and the way the camera moves and, and counter moves with them it's it's still good cinema to this day Absolutely. almost yeah, twenty it, years later it's it does. groundbreaking I'm so I'm so excited Sam Raimi's coming back to the Spider uh, the, the the MCU yeah you know, I just honestly like we said earlier it's it's, it's I'm, I can't wait to see what he does. And I'll tell you something else about the, the train sequence I've noticed as well, because we go on about bad CGI or, or whatever, or you know, but I noticed there's there's a there's a top shot, um, you know, camera on a crane looking down, and it might be a model or something, or it could be CGI. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. Jeff could, but I couldn't. But I noticed <laughs> there's like dents in the roof of the carriages yeah, where they've yeah, been yeah. fighting. So it's well, it yeah. a lovely attention to detail uh, that could easily it, be yeah. lost in a lot of other films. And yeah. again, it's something that even pro filmmakers like Jeff, for example, may not even see. But it's the fact they put it in there, right? Is is yeah. just a you know, it's it's like Most a, a love to the to, to their product to what mm. they do, you know. And and I have to say the the ending of that that train sequence, I didn't expect it, right? But I watching it last night, I I actually felt quite moved by it, you know. In spite of it's like stretching, and it's yeah. it's almost like um, I, I'm pretty sure that the thing in the, you know in Homecoming where he's pulling the boat yeah, after the boat together is kind it's, of a homage to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when they, you know, when when he 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 finally stops the train and it's taken every last ounce of his strength out of him, and then and and then Doc Ock is still he's still you know in in control in charge in power he's, he might not crash a train but he's still the guy who's calling the shots here and he's yeah. going to take Spidey and he's got no strength left and and everyone goes like are they holding first don't they they put their yeah, arms yeah, out all the, hand, all the hands oh, it's very uh, religious in, imagery yeah. heads, <laughs> which is really really corny when you think about yeah. it and in the wrong hands could be just ridiculously distressed but it's I, I honestly I thought it was such a beautiful moment I was yeah. I was getting a little bit choked up like and jeff you know i, was I agree little, yeah little um, in my throat going there i and, completely agree i think the reason that it works is that you have 
all this talk about heroism and stuff, but this actually yeah. shows you the point of the strength That's of the heroes. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Dead it's, right there, mate. It's Atlas yeah, holding up the world, isn't it? Effectively, yeah. isn't it? So, um, it it's and we all have to chip in. We all have to come together as a, yeah. you know, as a people, as a community, yeah. to, to help each other get through these these, these moments, and, uh, you know, these dark times. And... It's exactly what you said earlier, though. It refers back to that, which is that Spider-Man and Peter have no allies in the movie, barely. Yeah. There's like Robbie, kind of, and Ursula. And then at this point, you get the entire train full of people that are just... And they're going to keep his secret as well. Yeah. I love that and, uh, moment when 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 he, his mask comes off. Oh, it's all yeah. it's off at that point anyway, isn't it? And it's, when yeah, they yeah. sit him down in the carriage yeah. and they go, "It's just a kid." That honestly, I that, that bit, yeah. really got me. You know? No older than my son. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Bit. and I knew um, it was I, coming as well because I remember it from the first time, and and it still got me. Just just quickly talking about how Harry um, unmasking Peter was another thing I didn't expect. But another mm. of the moments that's in the trailer is Peter saying there are bigger things than me and you, which was a yeah. really clever way of delaying that conflict. It's good writing for me, uh, and it gives you goosebumps about yeah. what's gonna what's gonna come next. Um, but then we get onto the very end because uh, we've gone on for a bit of a while, so I should probably uh, wind us that's down our here. Fault. We do this um, all the time, don't we? It's all right. Don't worry about it, man. That's, that's not that bad. Uh, just I think Ox Redemption, Doc Ox Redemption, is brilliant, touching, and yeah. makes sense. It, it and I does, really yeah. hope it's not cheaply undone in New No Way Home. Um, well, have you have you heard what the um, how he's he's brought into No Way Home? Well, the rumor that I heard, or that he apparently, and the slip was that it's literally moments later, and he's just straight off the out of the water of yes. when he tried to. But that's like I said, I, I don't get why they would do that because unless he's on Peter's side, it's kind of undoing a lot of the, yeah. See, I, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go uh, off off topic somewhat again i'm really excited for no way home but mm. i am also slightly worried that tom holland is going to be a cameo in his own film when the ever-expanding list of potential <laughs> guest stars in it in, you know including the, the girl from daredevil last week and stuff you think how is this going to work like i know I endgame had lots of people in it but yeah it, i think it, the know, mcu knows what they're doing with their lead characters my, yeah. my yeah. issue my yeah. issue with it is that I can imagine there's going to be a lot of annoyed fanboys and fangirls when Maguire and Garfield only get two minutes in the movie because they're not going to appear for long. Mm. And no, I think everyone's expecting them to be yeah. like co-leads. Yeah, so, some people <laughs> think they're going to be the co-leads in it and then we're going to get an amazing Spider-Man 3 film and Spider-Man 4 as well yeah. as the next Tom Holland film. That's yeah. not going to happen. I, no. you know, I don't work in Hollywood, but I can tell you right now we are not going to have three separate Spider-Man no. Film franchises running at the same time, or if you count the animated uh, Spider Verse one, well, yeah, and that as well, which is getting yeah. a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, the, yeah I the, just hope. Uh, I hope they remember that Doc's last lines are "I will not die a monster," and he knows yes. who Peter Parker is, so you can't forget that either. Um, and again, but, I like. But then, but then that's an interesting point, Mike. So there's people who are younger than all of us who may not have seen the, the Maguire films; they might have seen mm. the Garfield films. And, and in fact, there was someone on Twitter the other day, uh, I think I'd written something about No Way Home, and they and they said something basically along the lines of they didn't know that there was the Tobey Maguire films. So oh, people no. are going to go and see it, and they, yeah. and they went, no, you you can't guarantee that people are going to mm -hmm. know who these That's are, true. these actors, and have yeah. the, the knowledge of them that we do. And if they attempt to kind of make, uh, you know, the Maguire and Garfield films, part of the mcu via the multiverse uh, i'm sure they will 
Um, when you look at it, I, I mean, I, I would have had doubts, but the fact that they pulled off WandaVision and everybody was yeah. raving for it, and you can't tell me that the entire audience has watched every 60s and 70s sitcom and gets that no, reference. You no. Know? <laughs> um, no, I just... I think also, you've got, to, you've got to credit the larger audience with some intelligence, in a, in a way. Yeah, in no, fact, I, I, I think... We've all watched right. films before yeah. we were born, you know. I mean, I, I yeah. watched films from, yeah. you know, the 1980s. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I do trust, you know, that they, that they know what they're doing. I've just got some, yeah. some concerns, and, and mostly it's because I don't want uh, it, it to not focus on Tom Holland. I'm sure it will. I've got a feeling <laughs> sure that. It will. It it's, his, it's his bloody film. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've got a feeling it will, but it'll be a matter of these other things will be your cameos, your... Yeah, your I, I, I think you're character. right. They'll be, you know, quite small relatively yeah. in it. They're not going to be, you know, in three quarters of the film. Yeah, exactly. Unless they are, and we play this podcast back at the time. Yeah, and say, well, <laughs> yeah we, you should remind like ourselves of this. <laughs> we said it would never happen to try and appease Jeff, and look, it's just happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, then come come back to me in tears. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff was right. <laughs> no, nah, there's no way they would do that. But Tom Holland's too popular with the kids, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But no, uh, just just getting us back to finish off my, my notes on the note uh, on, on the film here. Mm. Um, again, I love the MG and Peter stuff. I love the line this is really heavy and the double meaning behind it yeah. <laughs> uh, i love that he kind of confesses oh, yeah, yeah, his love thing. Yeah. yeah absolutely he confesses his love but then it sort of um explains why they can't be together yeah. and I, I think that scene is directed really well because it's got like sweeping shots worthy of like romantic melodrama and the performances to match and i think it's perfectly hitting the tone that they wanted there um the only other two notes i've got is obviously the, the goblin reveal is fantastic uh, yeah. reminds you that the film is packed and gives us quite a lot because, again, yeah, wouldn't yeah. have expected that going into the movie. Uh, and, no, again, no. I've mentioned earlier that it kind of pays off Harry's story in a great way, but it's a shame the sequel didn't deliver. Yeah. Uh, and just in terms of the ending, I adore the ending. I like that heroism is finally rewarded. I love the, the lines, isn't it about time somebody saved your life, uh, which hits home, and then especially one of my favourite lines ever, go get them, Tiger, because it's <laughs> uh, MJ becoming yeah. MJ for me and... Uh, yeah, I love that. Face it, Tiger, you hit the jackpot. jackpot. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime she says Tiger, I'm with it. But I love that it's um it's got that kind of heroic upbeat shots of him swinging away, and uh, mm. but then the camera still kind of gives you a quick second of MJ looking a little bit distraught and a bit sort of can this work? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the very end. So, uh, did you guys have any other last notes about the last sort of few scenes? Or uh, no, I, I think you've uh, you, you've picked up on some good points there yeah that because the last shot of the film is on mj's face isn't it and i think there's all sorts of things going on there you know he's yeah. yes, she made the right decision you know he's swinging off into danger again you know will she see him again uh do, you know th there's a lot going on isn't there yeah mm. absolutely and even still the film's quite a triumphant heroic ending which i like because yes i'm a sucker yeah. for kind of happy endings <laughs> yeah it's, so him, it's an upbeat ending is it yeah, no, yeah. Actually, him swinging past the kind of police helicopters into the night i think is yeah, uh, that, that's to. your fist pump moment right there but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh well if there's nothing else i'll move us to the audience interaction section just quickly then okay um, go for it these are the uh, comments from Facebook that I asked. Uh, I put a picture of the Doc Ock and Spider-Man train fight and asked what people thought of Spider-Man 2. Uh, my friend Gary Shaw just said, that's an iconic image in cinematography there. It's a shame the third film was so awful. Um, and my friend Christopher Michael Woodburn says, it's my favorite Spider-Man movie and it has my favorite ending. Uh, so that's literally the only feedback I got on Facebook. Over on Twitter, at um, Hans Carl said, for me, it's the best Spider-Man movie ever made, hands down. Watched mm. it again not long ago, and it still holds up after all these years. It's excellent. Maybe he uh, hasn't seen Homecoming. 
Max Ingram at Sleeping oh, Loves Die said, um, Epic, probably my favorite of the Spider-Man films, the transition of Peter into the wider world of college and working in the city. Love Doc yeah, Ock and the troubled good. scientist behind the villain. Tons of great moments, especially Peter stopping the train. Uh, Jay Red yeah. said, uh, still the best one out of them all, in my opinion, was a great Spidey flick, and Raimi really got to lean into his horror roots. It yeah. seems like the Doc Ock surgery massacre. Um, fun fact, multiple children started crying while I was cackling like a loon in the theater during that part. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Jay. <laughs> shouldn't laugh. <laughs> we shouldn't, but it's still quite amusing. Um, mm. At Mangler112 said, simply, it's the best Spider-Man film to date. Shame part three got ruined by studio involvement. Um, Chris at Shelf Nerds said, it's still my favorite Spider-Man film, even though the Holland films are my favorite Peter Parker films. Uh, Mario Rodas said, still one of the best superhero flicks and easily the best Spidey. It's not hampered down by franchise building or team-up crap. Mm. Just an accessible story about a kid committed to a cause pushed to breaking point. Paraphrasing Ebert, it's a superhero film for non-fans. Uh, mm. yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. That's related to what you said. Herald of Creation just briefly said Alfred Molina elevates this to something more than just a superhero movie. That takes with the just a superhero movie part, but never mind. <laughs> yeah, he, he does, but I don't think it's him alone that does it. No, it's, it's, it's the environment that creates yeah. him to do that. And everybody yeah. rises to it. You know, Maguire, uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst, everybody. They, yeah. they, they up their game in this film from the first yeah. one, I think. You know, Agreed. Extreme level. Completely agree. Um, at Takar and Gollum says, best Spider-Man movie, possibly best superhero movie on my short list of absolutely favorite movies. Um, <laughs> Ashley G, uh, I wanted to sort of mention this one because it relates to something you were talking about earlier, Jeff, which is, um, she says, I was talking to a friend of mine and we thought that Tobey Maguire was a good Peter, Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man, but Tom Holland is good at both of them. Um, which I think is a great way to kind of quantify that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would, yeah, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, uh, Tom Slukanich. I'm probably butchering that. I do apologize. Tom Sly. <laughs> well, we, we always get people tweeting, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce their handles and stuff. I apologize, random. Tom. But uh, yeah, you, Tom <laughs> just says, um, My favorite when it came out and still is to this day. Perfect example of what a sequel should do take everything that was good about the original and ramp it up. Yeah. Uh, at Camos Mills said, I enjoyed it back in the day, but was never really clear why the power stopped working and did later. I talked about that earlier. Um, mm. Alex Rose has said, best one of the lot, Spider-Man 1 in second place and Spider-Man 3 miles down the list. But it's not Jaws the Revenge and Superman 4 bad, just bad. Random <laughs> Spider-Man 3 review there. <laughs> um, and Stefan Lienemann said, still one of the best superhero movies with a great Alfred Molina as villain by accident. Yeah, um, yeah, just, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of depth to him. He's, he's not just a raving bad guy, is he? There's, there's a lot, of, there's a real motivation and you know, the, the sort of descent into yeah. madness and everything. He's, he's, just, played, uh, he's played brilliantly. I, 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 this is Alfred Molina's crowning glory for me because yeah. he's been in lots of films. He's been in lots of, you know, mm. in the film. was he in Species as well, I think, wasn't he? Species 2, one of those. Yeah, maybe. That's going back some years, man, to the oh, 90s. I can't I remember. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but here... He's fabulous, and and you know the the way that he rises up, Baron mm. Harkonnen style, with on the arms and legs, and <laughs> it's so cool. Everything in this film, you know, it's it's still it still gets you on on the edge of your seat today. It still yeah. gets you rooting for the good guys and booing at the bad guys yeah. and going along with the action and getting involved with the characters. But, it uh, is, as I said earlier, been... I think it's the template for everything that's to come afterwards. Like it, or like all the best villains, that there's an aspect of feeling. You know, empathy for them, yeah, yeah. As well. 
you know the best but yeah so they're not just pantomime villains yeah they just say the lines go now it is time to die and all that kind of stuff yeah there's a reason because like all the good bad guys they don't realize or you know they don't set out to be evil no they they think what they're doing that they want to do and you know there's lives involved i guess you know look at thanos he he absolutely believes that what he's doing is is right and uh you know, it's the only way to save things. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a lunatic, but... You, We're you... going to have this conversation, Jeff. Yeah, in our two-parter. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Looking forward to it. Um, just to finish up, um, there's a review that I got from my letterbox from a mutual friend called Dan. Dan, if you're listening, I have no idea who you are because all of the information just says Dan with no surname, so do hit me up if you hear this. Um, I won't read the... I won't read the full review because uh, it's basically just reiterating everything we already said, um, but I will read his last line, which is just, and finally, I've left the best moment for last, and it is, of course, pizza time, which I just had to get in there quickly before we hit conclusions. I know it's become a meme, so for the kids, there you go. Pizza time. Pizza time. Um, so, yeah, uh, do you guys want to give your conclusions first and then end on mine, and uh, we'll do it that way? Or Okay. Paul, do you want to go first? Oh crikey! Um, I, I, I'm not sure what I can say that I haven't said already, actually. But I, for me, it's it's still an impressive film. I was surprised at how much heart and soul it had, and how relevant it still seems watching it nearly 20 years later, mm. and how much it seems to me to be the template of all superhero films, mm. all popular superhero films that that have followed it. I absolutely loved watching it. Yeah, I'll, um, yeah, I'll second Paul, really. Um, whilst my personal favourite now is, is the Holland films, this is a this is a great film and, and absolutely one of the best superhero films that's, that's ever been made because it, it focuses so much on character and as well as the action um, and, and it really draws you into it all. Awesome. And what would you guys give it out of uh, five stars then? We'll start with you, Paul. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, really. I don't, I don't really do rankings, Mike. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> well, I'll give it, we don't have, do I'll, I'll give it a, I don't know, 4.977671 or something. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll call it um, 4.5 or we'll call it 5 and round it up. What would I give it? I, I, You know, if you've listened to our podcast, you know that I basically like everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I'd probably say... For me, this is a five-star film, but okay. then if I compare it to the Holland films, I'm probably going to give it a three. Oh, so what, are you, uh, what are you coming down on then at the end? What's it's your so final protective thing? of Tom, little Tom Holland. <laughs> it's like your little baby or something, like your little Tamagotchi, <laughs> like your little Gollum or something. You just want to protect him and look after him, right? So, uh, you yeah, love what, that guy. What are we coming down on then? Too, but you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a five. You give it because a five. It is, yeah. Five, good man. Awesome. So that's two fives uh, so far. Um, and I'll give my well, quick, well, I say quick conclusion. It's a quite a long couple of paragraphs and it's a review. I'll get a cup of tea while you're doing it. Have you written your conclusion? I have, yeah. Oh, I'm just, that's that's Did you see that, Jeff? We are so unprofessional compared to Mike. <laughs> we got up our game. <laughs> Bear with me because this is going to probably put you to sleep. But anyway, uh, my conclusion is, wow, just incredible, or should I say amazing, spectacular, astonishing, uh, an absolute benchmark of superhero cinema, one of my favorite movies ever, still, in my opinion, the best Spider-Man movie and my definitive favorite. It's pretty much flawless, or at least I can't really see any flaws, and I don't care because it does so much so perfectly and that stuff really hits. Yes. Uh, it's a brilliant story of heroism, growth, and finding the strength to face life no matter who you are, yeah. but wrapped in the package of the hero we need to help inspire us, just as May says. 
Uh, my joint favorite comic book character just understood perfectly and truly given his dues. Writing, direction, editing, cinematography, music, the whole package contributes to the alchemy of a film that I think is one of the best examples the genre will ever provide. So naturally, I also gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> so suffice well to say, I uh, kind of vaguely like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that is all right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So just uh, you like this one. <laughs> just a bit. Just to uh, round us all off, that obviously makes the average pretty easy to work out. So for the overall podcast, which this week is myself, uh, Paul, and Jeff, we would give it five Yay! out of five. Five uh, out of five. This one. Just remains for me to say thank you so much for you guys to uh, for oh, taking part in the great It's yeah, been a really good time. We could have probably talked literally all night. Um, oh, we could, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, <laughs> we, we often do. <laughs> yeah, we have that on every recording night, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do. No, thanks for inviting us on here, Mike. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks. And yeah. To it's, watch it's the been, film again. Uh, yeah, it's been great to watch the film. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's been it has been years since i've seen it, it, it you know it, it predates mm. mcu starting so to, to watch it again has been a lot of fun and Definitely. and to chat like this you know paul and i always have a great time talking each week and, and to talk with someone else who's as uh you know into it all and as passionate, passionate about as, it. As you, yeah. that's, it's really good and a little bit geeky like all of us yeah oh, I'm, good. I'm, I'm you're not massive, alone i'm a massive geek and uh I think recently got diagnosed with autism, and I think that explained a heck of a lot of my obsession, my geeky obsessiveness, yeah. which was like, ah, now that makes sense. It all makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I, I just leaned into it with that diagnosis and yeah. was like, now I have an excuse. Shut up. Yeah. That's why I've got <laughs> Spider-Man posters and action figures everywhere. But uh, yeah. yeah if, if, if I was upstairs, I would get down my Spider-Man hot toy figure that I've got. On oh, Xbox, I've, I've never been able to afford any hot toys, man. Those are so freaking yeah. good as well. It's another level. <laughs> there's a reason that uh, they invented finance plans, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know, man. I really but uh, no, it's honestly been really fun. I really enjoyed this chat, and uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on. And uh, yeah. do go and listen to the um, MCU Corner to Corner podcast. Uh, where, can, uh, where can we find yes. you guys? Uh, our Twitter is at MCUC2C, the number two. So, um, yeah, in case, in case you don't know, uh, you can cut this bit if you want, Mike. But we, we look <laughs> at the films in, in order. Uh, and uh, I've seen them all multiple times. Paul's never seen them before. Uh, and we discuss them and uh, yeah, we just talk geek out them. on them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the dynamic. It's a great podcast. I thoroughly recommend listening to it. And, and occasionally with surprising results, like in the case of Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let me forget it. Shocking. Wait till I get a Winter Shocking, Soldier t-shirt. Huh? <laughs> Don't be surprised. Oh. <laughs> I no, love um, Winter Soldier. Right do, do keep in touch and we may have to uh, when we come back for our next series we may have to have you on again and maybe look yeah. at another, another Marvel or a DC or something but uh, yeah let's do, do this again yeah absolutely really and uh, yeah can, uh, congratulations on the podcast doing well and uh, hope it long continues and you know, at Iron Mike Wilson on Twitter uh, join us again next week when I will be joined uh, hopefully by my good friend Gary Shaw uh, who will be uh, joining me to review Prometheus the Somewhat controversial, uh, mixed-reviewed Alien prequel by Ridley Scott. Uh, you can find our podcast at podcast underscore screen. You can still find everything Star Trek-related from my hit-or-miss hit Star Trek podcast at Trek on Twitter, or obviously look up hit-or-miss Star Trek podcast on YouTube. 
Uh, and uh, the guys, Jeff and Paul, uh, as well as the MCU Corner to Corner podcast, have just launched a new venture, which is Doctor Who Corner to Corner podcast. And you can find that at Who C2C on Twitter. And that will link you and take you to their YouTube channels and everything where they talk all things Doctor Who, including reviews of any new episodes that are airing. And uh, yeah, thanks again to the guys for joining me. And uh, thanks to Will Templar for uh, helping with this uh, at the time and the recordings and everything. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys next week for the Prometheus review. But uh, fear not, in the words of Arnie, I'll be back.